You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call right now with your home improvement project, your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. The temperatures are dropping. The leaves will be coming down very shortly if they haven't started yet in your neck of the wood. It is virtually officially fall. Uh, all across the country by virtue of the temperatures and the energy bills that are going to start to go up. So want to give us a call about just that. There's got to be a cool weather project on your to-do list. Maybe you want to figure out some ways to cut back on those energy bills. Uh, maybe you want to think about some projects you want to get done before the snow hits. Whatever's on your to-do list, why don't you put it on our to-do list by picking up the phone and calling us right now at 888 888- Money Pit. We've got some great tips coming up this hour, including this one. Are you using your microwave only to heat up last night's leftovers? If so, you might be underusing a pretty versatile kitchen appliance. We're going to have some tips on how you can use that microwave for things like disinfecting cutting boards and sponges in just a few minutes. And also ahead, we're going to have some tips on a tool that can be used to repair screens, install insulation, and even attach trim and molding to your walls. It's a staple gun, but it'll only do all of those things if you choose the right staples. So we're going to help you figure it all out in just a bit. Plus, this is the perfect time of year to give your home a once-over to see how well it's insulated. You know, the right amount of insulation can cut those heating bills and keep you feeling cozy and warm all season long. Now, if you want to do both those things, cut heating bills and cut the drafts, there is only one type of insulation that will do both. And we're going to talk to an expert about just that in just a bit. And this hour, we're giving away the Indulge Contemporary Hot Water Dispenser from Insincorator. And it's a great way to save water because there's no waiting for hot water. And you can use it to make coffee, tea, or even warming up a baby bottle. So indulge yourself right now with the answer to your home improvement question. Call us right now at 888-666-3974. If you are the caller who that we draw out of the Money Pit Hard Hat at the end of this hour, we'll send you that Indulge Contemporary Hot Water Dispenser from Insincorator. What a fun... You know, that's one of those uh, appliances that once you have one, you always want to have one. Yeah. It's just so darn convenient to not have to put the, uh, the teapot on in the morning. Just basically uh, open the faucet and instantly you've got hot water for tea or for coffee or whatever else you need it for. Robert in Illinois is on the line and looking to paint a brick home. Tell us what's going on and why you want to do that. Just curious about it. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to pull the trigger on something like that or not because I'm very ignorant about it. Um, well, it's a it's a big decision, Robert. Cause and you know it's one you can yeah, never yeah. go back to. You know what comes after paint? Repaint. Uh, repaint, yes, <laughs> yes. 
And again, so, I was looking for some more advice. Um, there's a, uh, a coating outfit here uh, where I'm at. I'm in uh, East Central Illinois. Um, the company's called Rhino Coat or something. I think it's a, a ceramic-based paint. Yeah, don't do it. And, uh, okay. Don't do it. But why do you want to paint the brick? Was it previously painted and it has, like, you know, a shadowing no, no, effect, no, or you no, just don't like no, it? No, it, it, it's just we bought the home. It's, well, it's very well built. Um, and, you know, we're tastes are changing, and uh, we're considering moving or we're going to stay. And I think we were just considering the idea of painting and uh i've seen other places that were painted and they turned out very nice Um, i guess i'm not much uh i don't mind working well but yeah but it's a big it's a big commitment and you know you will have to repaint it every every you know seven years so i would tell you that there's really no good reason to paint brick if you don't like the look you can paint all the trim you can use beautiful shutters you can use shutters planter planters right Look for other right. ways to decorate around it. I personally would not paint brick, especially if you're considering selling at some point, because a brick home is a standout feature to a buyer. People are looking for mason homes, you know, masonry products that are going to stand up and really look fantastic. And a brick, you know, a brick home is a big selling point. And once you right. put paint on a brick home, it never comes off. You're going to have to sandblast it, and, and even then, and then it's going to get shadowing, and it's damaged. And say you were to paint it yourself, you're going to take a gallon of paint, put it on that brick, and it's going to get sucked into the brick, and then you're going to put another gallon, and right. another, and another. Right. I wouldn't do it. No, I, I appreciate it. I didn't know I was going to pull the trigger on it. Like, tomorrow, I was, I was just kicking around the idea, and I wanted, I just stumbled on your show uh I think it was last week or so, and um, and this is an idea that's just floated in the back of my my mind. It was never going to be in the forefront. I was just, I figured as much. <laughs> yours is uh, the same advice I'm getting. Uh, I've gotten from others. All right. Well, so, we're we're happy to keep it in the back of your mind, <laughs> far back. Yeah, you know, no, 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 no it's, it's, it'll stay there. All right, Robert. Well, good luck with that project. And uh, remember, there's a lot of other ways to change the look of the outside of the house besides painting that brick. Nancy in Oregon's on the line with a kitchen counter question. How can we help you? Yes, thank you so much. Uh, what I'm calling about is a, an overlay that I've seen advertised of granite over formica. We have a very tight, um, sturdy formica uh, countertop in the kitchen, and I'm wondering whether this is a practical solution or not. Hmm, a granite overlay over formica. I'm not really familiar with this. Are they presenting it as tiles, or is it, you know, an additional layer of laminate that looks like granite that's placed over? As I understand it, it is granite, full granite, except that they can use the base instead of starting literally from scratch, as I understand. Now, I haven't had the man out. I've just seen it advertised. But Okay, well, you know what doesn't make sense to me with this? Granite cannot have any flex in it whatsoever, and, and laminate tops, by their very design, are, are fairly flexible. So any type of granite veneer, if, this, if that's what this is, it seems may not stand up well. So I think that we would need more information to feel very comfortable recommending that. But I can tell you, just based on the description, it doesn't sound like it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, countertops are not so complicated to replace that it really makes any sense uh, doing a, uh, any kind of a laminate on top of that or a second layer on top of that. You know, if you want a new countertop, get a new countertop. You don't take a countertop and, you know, build more on top of it. I see. Well, I thought it might be sturdier and be less costly. And so I, you've answered my question. I guess it's not such a great idea. 
Okay. Nancy, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, thanks for your professional uh, advice on this. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, two short weeks left to summer at this point. So if you've got some home improvement projects burning up your to-do list, give us a call before the cool air sets in and those tools go to rest for the winter season. We're here for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Still ahead, is your microwave being underused? If you're only using it to heat food, probably so. There are many ways a microwave can help around the house, including uh, things that you can do like sanitizing cutting boards and, and even sponges. We're going to mm-hmm. share a few of those tricks of the trade next. On the Money Pit Radio Show. The Money Pit is brought to you by Insincorator, instant hot or hot cool water dispensers, delivering 200 degree hot or cool filtered water in an instant at the touch of a lever right at the kitchen sink. Perfect for homeowners looking to save time in the kitchen. For more information, please visit www.insincorator.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, how would you like to have 200-degree water come right out of your sink instantly? Well, imagine making coffee, cooking pasta with no boiling. One lucky caller who makes it on the air with us this hour will be able to do just that because we're giving away an indulged contemporary dispenser from Insincorator. It provides hot or cool filtered water with just a touch of a lever. Going to go out to one caller. We pick at random from those who call us this hour with their question at 888-MONEYPIT. All right, pick up the phone and give us a call. We'd love to give you a hand with all of your home improvement projects. Well, it's time now for this week's fresh idea, which is presented by Citrus Magic. If you're only using your microwave just to heat up your leftovers, then you are missing out on a ton of different uses, let's say, for that microwave. You know, did you know that you can disinfect your kitchen sponge and even get rid of that funky sponge smell with your microwave? First of all, it's really easy. All you want to do is soak the sponge in water and vinegar, you know, just a good mix, maybe 50-50, and then stick it in the microwave for a minute. You can also do the same with a cutting board. What you want to do with the cutting board is rub a little lemon on it, then heat it for a minute, and bye-bye last night's raw chicken germs. And if you've ever found that your honey jar can be a crystallized solid mess, you can zap that back to life on medium power in about 30 seconds. You can also cut grilling time for potatoes or, or bell peppers or anything else that you want to put on the grill by sticking them in the micro for a minute or two. And remember, though, to use oven mitts when removing these things from the microwave so that you avoid a nasty burn. Mm -hmm. Especially the sponges. They are like scorching hot. They get super, super hot. And that is this week's Fresh Idea, which is presented by Citrus Magic. To keep the rest of your home smelling fresh, try Citrus Magic Natural Odor Absorbing Solid Air Freshener. It's all natural, but still works very well to remove even the toughest odors from your home and one solid air freshener can absorb odors for weeks visit citrusmagic.com for more info on this and other great all-natural products michael in pennsylvania needs some help painting a basement tell us what's worked and what hasn't so far um it's a neighbor of mine it's his basement and i went in and i looked at it and i uh, never seen paint uh kind of like disintegrate right off the wall i mean just like a fine powdery mist 
And uh, I do know that uh, he's had some moisture problems. Yep. And uh, he had painted it, I guess, five years ago. And I asked him if he had prepped it or sanded it or primed it or anything, and he said no. Um, so I don't know if that's the problem or not. And I was, he was asking me what could he do to remedy that, that problem. Yeah, you got a water problem. That's your problem. You, you, if the walls, if the paint's not sticking to the walls, the walls are wet, and it may not be obvious to you, but that's most likely what's happening. Okay. Um, is there any way to to? Uh, I know he had a dehumidifier in the basement. That oh, well, that further confirms our, our suspicion, right, Leslie? Oh, completely. If the basement is moist and the walls are moist, then nothing is going to stick. And really, the best way to keep a basement dry is, yes, to use a dehumidifier, but look at what's going on with, you know, the water and the drainage and the moisture on the outside of the house. And that generally, you know, wet or moist basements usually means you've got clogged gutters, clogged downspouts, or when the rain comes through those downspouts, it's being deposited, you know, right next to the foundation wall. So you really want to make sure that you're keeping your basement dry, that those gutters and downspouts are clean, that where the water comes out of those downspouts is, you know, three feet from your foundation wall or more, that the soil around the perimeter of your home is sloping away from the house, and that will keep the moisture down in the basement. And then you can go ahead and prime, 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 and then paint. So at this point, you wouldn't suggest doing anything as far as putting paint or, prime, or at least primer on the walls at all? No, I would get the moisture problem under control, mm-hmm. and then you can peel off the loose paint, uh, and then painting with a damp-proofing paint would be your next step after that. Okay, Michael? Okay. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. All right. Thank you. Now we've got Darlene in Oregon on the line who's dealing with a heat pump and looking to get more energy efficient. Tell us what's going on. In the wintertime, my uh, bill gets quite high trying to keep warm. And I have a, uh, one of those small little heaters. I think they run on oil. It's enclosed. Mm-hmm. And um, I put that in my bathroom to heat up the bathroom before my shower in the morning. And I was wondering if maybe a couple of those, you know, only cost about $50. Maybe put one in the living room and one in the bedroom if that would be more economical than running a heat pump. Well, the thing about the heat pump is that you have to understand how to run it. And in Oregon, it's for me to say that it's, it's really a, cold. It's because really not it an appropriate. Get very cold. Yeah, it's not an appropriate technology. But you can reduce your expense on it if you kind of set it and forget it, like the old commercials used to used to say for uh, for Ronco. For making you know? chicken. Yeah. Set it and forget it. In other words, set the thermostat and walk away. With a heat pump, if you bounce the thermostat up and down, then uh-huh. what, what happens is you force the electric resistance heater to come on, and that costs about twice as much or more to run than the heat pump system because every heat pump has electric resistance built into the back of it. And as long as the temperature, the difference between the temperature that it's set at and the temperature that the room is, is two degrees, the heat pump's going to run. When it becomes three or four degrees, the resistance heater comes on, and that's what really drives the cost up. Uh, in terms of these electric radiators, that is another form. I mean, there's these oil radiators, that is another other form of electric heat. Will that be cheaper? Um, you know, I mean, maybe because you're only heating a, you know, on a room-by-room basis, but it may not be because it's running on electricity. You just basically have electric coils inside that oil heater. 
Oh, uh, one thing that you might want to think about is a type of heater called sun heat, uh-huh. which has a blower built into it. We have one cold room in our house. We use the sun heat uh, there. It does a pretty good job of uh, keeping that one room warm. It's also electric, but because it's got a blower, uh, you know, it, it really helps to spread helps that heat along, around. And it, you know, it's very quiet, and uh, it's got a beautiful wood cabinet. But, you know, it's more expensive. I think it's about $350. Yeah, because that, that might be the cheaper way to go then. But I would use that sort of in partnership with your heat pump set correctly, just, not right, one correctly. over the other. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. All right, now I understand. Okay. But you seem to think if I would just let that, just set my heat pump and just leave it there. Right, whatever temperature makes you comfortable. Set it and leave it there. That's right. Don't move it up. Don't move it down. Like, oh, I'm cold. Let me move it up. Because when you do that, your resistance heat comes on. And and the reason it feels warm right away is because you have electric resistance heat now that's coming on and and heating up the air very quickly. I see. I see. So I would set it and forget it. And then if you need supplemental heat, use the space heaters. Yeah. Okay, fine. I really do appreciate your time and effort. You guys got a good show. I like it. Jason in Kentucky is on the line with a shingle question. What can we do for you? I got a house in uh, in Kentucky, and uh, it's a pretty old house, but uh, it's got uh, those asbestos shingles on it. And uh, I'd like to know what the cost would be to remove those shingles. I've heard it was kind of expensive, but I'm not really sure on it. Well, first of all, the shingles are going to be contained. Asbestos shingles are where it has asbestos contained in a cement binder, so it's not very easy for that asbestos to be get released to the air unless you completely like shatter them and crumble right. them. Right now, in most jurisdictions, removal is not regulated, but disposal is. So that means that anybody can really take them off the house, but they have to be disposed of properly. So, uh, what kind of siding are you thinking about putting on, Jason? I was wanting to put that uh, vinyl siding on there, and uh, like I said, I know that you can't really nail that stuff on there because once you crack it, it's airborne, you know, and you can't do that. Well, that's true, and, and a lot of siding companies will do that. They'll nail right through that stuff, and I always think that's a very bad practice, so I would encourage you to take it off. I don't think it should be terribly expensive. It's all outside. It's held inside of a cement binder. Uh, if you're concerned about uh, dust, sometimes you can wet it down. That will cut back on that where the appropriate respiratory protection. But you can get that off and then just have it properly disposed of, and then you'll be able to put the new vinyl uh, right onto the uh, sheathing. And, Tom, when you've removed this before, your trick was to sort of tap the nail completely through Well, the that was only if I was it... pulling one shingle off. Not all of like them. Like to do a repair. If you're pulling them all off, you're going to use a, a big, you know, flat ended sort of pry bar and lift them all off. But you'll find that they come off pretty easily. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Up next, if your gutters aren't flowing correctly, you could have some big problems on your hands. So we're going to tell you the three steps that you need to know to be sure to keep those gutters clean, your basement dry, and your foundation secure after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show Pick up the telephone Fix up your home sweet The Money Pit is brought to you by the HydroRite Drop-In Dual Flush Converter. Proud sponsor of Water Conservation 2011, the HydroRite easily converts your toilet into a water and money-saving dual flush toilet. Push the quick flush setting for liquids or the full flush for more. 
Look for the Hydro Right at the Home Depot and other fine retailers or visit SaveMyToilet.com. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Want to make sure the products you use in your home are green? Check out our top picks for eco-friendly products. Just Google Money Pit Green Product Guide and you'll learn about all the new green products that we have reviewed. Robert in Indiana is on the line. How can we help you today? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, got a home built in the mid-70s. has a one-piece fiberglass tub shower unit in one of the bathrooms. It's developed a crack in the, right in the stress point in the middle. Right. Um, any way of repairing this, it appears that the gentleman that built this house must have put the tub in and then built the bathroom around it because yeah. there's no without tearing this up into small pieces, there's no way I can get it out of the bathroom. Yeah, you can head on over to the local auto uh, repair uh, auto parts store, and yeah. you can pick up um, some Bondo, okay. and you could repair it with that or with a fiberglass uh, patch kit. I mean, basically, you can do a fiberglass repair to this with resin and then fiberglass material and more resin on top of that. Now, the thing is, it's not going to look totally, you know, <laughs> like the old one did. It'll be, you'll be very obvious that there's a patch. But I've actually repaired uh, fiberglass shower pans using uh, more fiberglass material. It does a good job. It's you know kind of like repairing a boat. I appreciate that a lot. I'll try that before I tear the wall out in the bathroom. <laughs> there you go. you got nothing to lose, right? <laughs> no, nothing to lose. All right, Robert. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Yeah, you can, you can repair fiberglass shower pans and fiberglass tubs with, uh, with Bondo and or uh, fiberglass uh, repair material. It does, it does a really good job. Well, rain gutters aren't a very exciting or even attractive part of a home, and you hardly notice them until something goes wrong. Ah, uh, yes, but then it's the wrong kind of excitement. <laughs> you know, if your gutters become damaged, you need to make repairs quickly to avoid further and long-lasting damage deep inside the house. Here to tell us exactly how to do that is this old house general contractor, Tom Silva. Welcome, Tommy. Well, thank you. It's nice to be here. It's great to see you again. I think most people think that gutters there are just there to keep water from running off the roof and onto your head, but they actually have a pretty important structural role as well, don't they? They have a very important structural role, not only to the sidewall of the house, but to the foundation of the basement of the house, letting water go into the basement. And you got to think about splashback off of a roof that would need gutter, the splashing on the ground, the water coming up, it's going to rot the sill in the first couple of courses of your siding. So gutters are very, very important. There's a lot of things that could go wrong if you don't have a functioning gutter system. Mm -hmm. Now, what's the first step to make sure that your gutter system is effective? Well, I would say the first step is to make sure that the gutters are pitched right, make sure that the water goes into the downspout and the downspout leads away from your house so that it doesn't settle the water right there at the foundation. And that's a great point because, I mean, tell you, time and time again, I've seen builders and even gutter contractors install those downspouts so they drop a grand total of about six inches to a foot away from the house. Mm-hmm. And that dumps a oh. lot of water. And here's your splash guard. Exactly. Good done. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and exactly. that dumps all that water right there where it can go right down to the basement or at least wash out the soil right in the backfill zone. It can wash out the soil. It can create a trough and collect there, run down, and you can actually get water in the basement through a crack in a foundation. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had that happen in my own home. You know, a downspout was clogged and it caused a major leak in the basement completely on the opposite side of the house from that clogged downspout. But that was the culprit that caused, you know, a huge mess. Absolutely. But the thing is, they're pretty easy to fix. So any tricks of the trade for taking care of those sags, for example? Well, yeah. I mean, let's say you have an aluminum gutter that sagged in the middle and now that gutter may be put up with spikes and ferrules. Now, a spike is a long spike that goes through the gutter and into the 
the substrate. Like it's like a, a super long nail, right? Exactly. Okay. And in the middle of that, the, in between the gutter, the spike goes through the face of the gutter, through a ferrule, and then that ferrule keeps the gutter from pushing in if you ever leaned a ladder against it. So, so the ferrule is essentially like a, like a thin big, aluminum pipe. It's a big spacer. Exactly. Got it. Got it. Yep. Okay. Yep. So the, the, the spikes pull out. What do we replace them with? More spikes? Uh, no, because the spike is, is pulled out. It's, it's done its time. They have basically have a long screw, a gutter screw that will screw into that rafter tail and it won't pull out. Now, what about if you're dealing with a gutter system that maybe has holes or, you know, the joinery where the two pieces meet, there's, you know, a leak there. How do you fix that? Well, they have actually sealants that you can put in there, but before you put the sealant in there, you got to make sure the gutter is really clean and dry. And when you put the sealant in there, you want to put a good amount in there and you want to feather it out, especially around the outlet. You don't want to create a dam. You want the water to fall right into that hole. Good point. Now, Tommy, we shouldn't really talk about fixing damaged gutters without talking about our favorite season of the year, fall. And they call it fall for a very good reason. Mm -hmm. Um, What's your favorite gutter guard or gutter cover to keep those leaves out? Oh, boy, there's a lot of them out there. I mean, there's there's a mesh that you can put right in the gutter now, and uh, leaves fall on it, and they blow away. There's a type of gutter uh, product that you can slide up underneath the second course of shingles, and it'll act like a lip that the rain will collect to that. Surface tension will pull the water in, but the debris won't go in. And they actually have one-piece gutters that that basically have a helmet on the top, Water surface tension brings it in, but there's just a little slit across the front. All built into one. All built into one. That makes a lot of sense because, I mean, let's face it, there's no need to buy, you know, two separate products here. We have the technology. We should be able to extrude a gutter that has the uh, gutter protector right built into it. All in one. Great advice. Tom Silva from TV's This Old House. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. It's a pleasure being here. For more tips just like that, you can visit thisoldhouse.com. And you can learn a lot more by watching Tommy and the entire This Old House team on This Old House and Ask This Old House on your local PBS station. And Ask This Old House is brought to you by the National Association of Realtors. Coming up next on the Money Pit, your staple gun is an important tool for any do-it-yourselfer, but you know how to pick the right staple for the job. There are many, many to choose from, and we will sort it all out after this. You live in a Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Generac, makers of the number one selling Guardian Series home standby generators. Now introducing a full line of consumer and professional power washers. Whether you need to power it, clean it, or protect it, Generac can help. Visit Generac.com to learn more. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, give us a call right now with your home improvement question, your do-it-yourself dilemma. If you do, we may just choose your name from the Money Pit Hard Hat and send you the great prize we're giving away this hour. It's the Insincorator Indulge Contemporary Water Dispenser. This is a very cool little appliance that hooks up to your sink, and it can instantly dish out either hot or cool water. And by the way, that hot water, it's up to 200 degrees hot. And that's hot enough to make your tea or your coffee. It's all filtered, so it's going to taste great, too. We're going to go to one caller who gets on the air with us this hour with their home improvement question. The number, again, is 888-666-3974. 
All right, pick up the phone and give us a call. We'd love to give you a hand with your home improvement projects. And maybe this time of year, you're trying to wrap up those outdoor projects, get everything sort of buttoned up for the cooler weather and then, of course, the winter season. But maybe you're starting to think about, you know, what tools do I kind of need to keep in the house and what am I going to be working with? And you've probably, in going through all of your things around your tool drawer and in your work shed, come across a staple gun. And a staple gun really is a very, very valuable tool for a ton of different projects projects, but getting the right kind of staple for the job that you are about to tackle or work on is the key. Now, the experts at Arrow Fastener, who manufacture the best-selling T50 staple gun, by the way, say that there are six different sizes of staples for that gun alone, so I can understand why it's kind of confusing as to which one you should grab for what project. So to figure out what size staple you're going to need, What you need to do is determine the materials that you'll be using for your project. For example, if you're reupholstering in maybe a thick velvet, you want to choose a longer-legged staple. Now, I just worked on reupholstering a chair cushion, and the chair that I was working with was made of oak, which is a super hard wood. I used the 3-8-inch staple because that would really give me the best hold, considering the type of fabric and the wood I was working with. So you want to look at these materials and then make your staple decision. Well, that's right. And if you want to always make sure you get the right staple, a rule of thumb is to simply make sure the material you're fastening takes up about half of the depth of the staple leg. So just like Leslie did for the harder woods, you choose a shorter staple for more holding power. And if you're working on outdoor projects, say where rust is a concern, you can choose stainless steel staples. And if you're working on electrical projects, well, they even have insulated staples Mm -hmm. that will sort of cushion the wire and, and not break through. If you want more information on how to choose the right staples for all your projects, along with info on the state of the RT50 stapler from Arrow Fastener, take a look at their website at arrowfastener.com. All right, now we've got Randall on the line who's looking for a solution to leveling a slab foundation. Tell us what's going on. Well, uh, foundations uh, looked up at the eave of the house and it's cracked out about a half inch. And it's going, well, looks like I need to get a slab foundation level. And I've always hated slabs, but this was a nice house when we bought it. Anyway, I want to know what's the best solution uh, for that in our type of soil in the uh, around the bottom the Red River area north of Dallas. So you're interested in stabilizing the foundation or just leveling it for cosmetic reasons? Both. Hmm, okay. Level, leveling it, you know, permanently where everything's like it should be. Randall, are you seeing any cracks or you just notice that it's sort of up in this one corner? Oh, it's in, at the uh, peak of the house where the uh, uh, roof line at the peak. Mm-hmm. I look right up there up the side of the wall and there's about an inch crack and it's coming down. And I noticed when I had to refer my air conditioner because my uh, blower motor went out. All right, so this is not a floor. This is a wall when you say it's going up to the peak? The wall, but the uh, floor in the kitchen's got some lumps in it. Okay. I thought it was so, carpet, but it's not. Right, so here... <laughs> Here, here's what you need to do. First of all, in terms of the floor in the kitchen, you're going to use a resurfacer product for that. It's called a floor resurfacer. It's a powdered mix that you add water to and basically trowel it on, and you can even out the floor. And it's it's frequently used as sort of an underlayment to either resilient flooring or vinyl flooring or ceramic tile. And it comes in 50-pound bags. Quickcrete uh, makes it. It's called, again, a Quickcrete Floor Resurfacer Self-Leveling 
uh, product. And it's basically a compound that you mix up, you spread out. You can level your floor with that. Now, mm-hmm. in terms of the crack that's on the exterior, would you, con- would you consider this hairline or is it open quite a bit? Oh, it's open about almost an inch. Okay, you need to have this inspected. That's a major crack. That's not a minor crack. And we need to find out why that's happening. So you're going to have to contact either a professional home inspector or a structural engineer. Because if your wall opens up a full inch like that, then I'm concerned about some movement under the foundation on one of the opposite corners that would force that well, to happen. I know there's got to, to be movement there when I've seen that. Yep. Uh, yeah, because it's right. There's no other way to, to explain it. So you're going to have to get this inspected. And let me tell you why that's very important that you do it, do it once and do it right. is because someday you're going to want to sell this house. And when you have a major crack like that, uh, somebody's going to want to inspect the house. And if they see that crack and they don't see a real professional repair, they're going to ask you about it. And what you want to tell them is that, yeah, I identified the crack. I had a structural engineer come out and inspect it. Uh, the engineer gave me a report, told us how to fix it. Then I had a contractor come out and fix it. Then I had the engineer come back and reinspect it. And here's his letter saying everything is great. And that becomes, in effect, a pedigree on that structural repair so that any future buyer will have uh, no concerns whatsoever um, about uh, anything else happening to uh, to that wall. So that's what I would do is I would have it inspected, uh, get the advice, get it fixed, and then you can move on. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, as the temperatures are starting to dip, many of you may start thinking about improving your home's insulation so that you can actually lower those heating bills. Yeah, that's something that we want to do. We don't want to give all our money to the heating company. We actually want to save some. But if you do want to cut drafts and lower those bills, there's really only one type of insulation that's going to do both. So we're going to have those details next. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by The Iron Shop, the leading manufacturer of spiral stair kits. Visit www.theironshop.com today to find out how you can own a beautiful iron spiral staircase. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, fall is fast approaching, and it's time to take on those fix-ups and projects around your house to get it in tip-top shape through the colder weather. And the big focus right now is saving money on winter energy bills. That's right. And one of the simplest ways to save energy is to make sure your home has enough insulation. And one of the best ways to insulate is with spray foam. Now, this is ideal because of its ability to do two things. That is to seal and insulate, especially in those smaller cracks and gaps around your home. Here to tell us more about spray foam insulation is Betsy Gallagher. She is from the Isonine Corporation. Hi, Betsy. Hi, how are you guys? We are excellent. So, Betsy, now we have seen Isonine, Leslie and I, because uh, for good times we go to home improvement trade shows. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, for our listeners that have not seen how this stuff works, let's do sort of the Isonine 101 on how this differs from what most people perceive as the only type of insulation, and that is fiberglass bat. 
Well, the biggest difference, and you've really mentioned it already, is the air barrier. At the end of the day, if you don't have an air barrier, you're not getting the, I guess, type of um, insulating comfort that you need. When you use other types of traditional insulation, there's air gaps and air can come in, and you would be amazed at the amount of air that is, you know, coming in or escaping from your home. But with the air barrier, you can regulate the temperature within different floors within your home um, and, and keep it the temperature that you want. So what's great, and you mentioned as winter comes along, it keeps you comfortable inside your home um, and warm, but in the summer, it also keeps you cool and keeps that cool air inside and doesn't let it escape. We're talking to Betsy Gallagher. She's the Vice President of Marketing for Icening about the benefits of spray foam insulation. Leslie? Now, Betsy, if you're adding this into an attic space and you, say, have existing fiberglass bats that are compressed, you've got to remove all of that. You don't want to put this on top of anything, correct? No, you wouldn't put it on top of it, absolutely not. You would, uh, the, the uh, contractor would take all that existing insulation out, they would spray in the attic, and you know what they can do is put it back in. just provides a little bit more R value, but they can put it back on top of the insulation. We're talking to Betsy Gallagher. She's the Vice President of Marketing for Isonine. Betsy, one more question uh, before we let you go. Um, in the attic situation, uh, you talked about the, the need to, re- to re- remove, obviously, all of the old inefficient fiberglass insulation that might be all compressed and not really doing its job and use it. Start with a clean, open bay to spray in the, the Isonine. Do you still have to ventilate the attic the same way you would if you're using bad insulation? You can have vented or unvented attics. If you want to make a conditioned space in the attic, then you can do a procedure where it becomes an unvented attic. But ventilation is always important, mechanical ventilation. So we always say seal it tight, but ventilate right. So it's always important to have um, ventilation, and the contractors will recommend to, uh, to homeowners what is the best way to achieve this. Great advice. Betsy Gallagher, Vice President of Marketing for Icening. Thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit and filling us all in on this technology. It's very exciting, and uh, I'm sure you're going to be saving folks a lot of energy dollars this winter. Thank you. It's been wonderful talking with you today. If you'd like more information on the Isonine product, you can visit their website at isonine.com. That's spelled I-C-Y-N-E-N-E.com. Or call them at 800-758-7325. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. That's all the time we have this hour. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Money Pit.